0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back pie to pie. I'm your host, Alex Coons, and we are in Philadelphia for this one with Mark Meebus of 20th Street Pizza, formerly owned Blackbird before he shut that down, but now does Blackbird wholesale pizza and Satan. Mark has been a inspiration to me over the years. To me, he has been making some of the greatest vegan pizza ever created. 20th Street was a huge inspiration to Hot Tongue. Mark also uh, was part of Screamer's Pizza in New York City, which could be considered some of the best vegan pizza in the United States. Anything this man touches turns to gold. We talked about nerding out on dough. We talked about seitan creation, a little bit of wholesale, flour, nerd stuff. Well, we talked about the struggle of having to close down a restaurant because a building was literally going to fall. Mark is an incredibly humble dude. He loves the dough. He loves the process of making bread. He's making the dough every day at 20th Street. He loves the process. His name doesn't need to be front and center on the frozen pizza brand that he has. It's all about the food. It's all about the process. You can hear the passion when Mark talks about his food. Mark was super cool, super down to earth super nice guy and i know you're gonna enjoy this episode always nugs of knowledge crumbs to follow he's inspired me i hope this conversation is inspiring to you mark mebus keep on rocking in the free world alice cooper band forever coming to you live from philly enjoy mark mebus 20th street pizza we're here 20th street pizza with mark mebus Thank you for doing this. Yeah. Are you ready? I am. All right. So what attracted you to pizza and who ultimately taught
1: you how to make it? Uh, so pizza, I've always loved pizza. Um, I've always loved cooking. Uh, pizza is, in my opinion, you know, the greatest food. And I think American nationwide agrees. So, um, So I've just always loved it, you know, as a kid growing up. Um, nobody taught me to make it. So I just kind of like did it myself. Uh, I was cooking, um, at a place in New York called blossom. And so after I got done my shift there, I would just mess around with dough recipes and stuff like that. So kind of just winged it uh, up there until I had something that I liked. And
0: then how did you make a transition into like the, the restaurant space, like the pizza, the pizza. How, how, how did we get here?
1: So I was, so I was already involved in cooking. They were all, it was all vegan restaurants. Is it yeah. still open? They reopened uh, that, you know, I'm not sure. Actually, I think, uh, they may have, they may have one, open, the one that I worked in on the upper west side, I was the chef up there and that is closed. but mm-hmm. that was like a, just a lease thing or something. I think they, um, I think they did move to another location there. Um but it was cool. It was great. But I knew that if I, I always wanted to do something that was like a more casual restaurant. Um, And it was always going to be, you always wanted to do pizza. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to do a pizzeria for sure. Um, Part of that was, you know, I mean, obviously we're all vegan um, and me and my uh, friends, we would like, talk to people about like what all the time in New York at that time, people would be like, Oh, I could never go vegan because of pizza. You know, that was like the big thing. So for us, I think we were like, yeah, we got to tackle this pizza issue, you know, and, uh, see what we can do with it. So, yeah. Um, so that was always it. And then there was a place that was a pizzeria in Philadelphia, um, that my, my friend was about to open a, a vegan coffee shop down here and he found a pizzeria for sale that, um, everybody knew that used to sell some vegan slices. Um, and so I just went and checked it out and then we made a deal on that place. And that uh, was the first black and that was the first blackbird. Yeah. Um, are you from Philly? Yeah. I'm from the suburbs here. Okay. So, uh, right. so I grew up in bucks County, uh, spent most of my time in Philadelphia, like skateboarding or going to punk shows and things of that nature. And then when I was like 22, I moved to New York to go to this like hippie culinary school because it was the only like vegan culinary program. Uh, Then I stayed up there and worked for a little bit and kind of moved back and forth between. And so this opportunity kind of landed in your lap? It or, was there, or was there something,
0: were, were you searching for a space or did you have your recipes dialed in? Like how, how where were no. you before? Or uh, like, was it like, oh shit I'll, shit, I'll shit or get off the pot kind of situation? Well, we
1: already kind of had like an idea of what we wanted to do. So we were loosely looking in New York actually. Um, and then the, the space that the original Blackbird was in, uh, did really just fall, fall in our lap. And it was just, uh, you know, things in Philadelphia are pretty inexpensive in the grand scheme of things to get a place going. Um, so, you know, I just went and checked it out. I was already familiar with the, the place and the location and everything like that. And it was a deal that me and my friend could do almost, almost by ourselves. You know, we just like uh, got some other friends to chip in with personal loans and things like that. So you had a so business. Do. Part,
0: you do. You, you had a business partner, or do you still have that same business partner? Oh yeah, I still do. Yeah, okay, perfect. Uh, yeah, my
1: friend Ryan, and he's a, he's in with me on everything, and has been on everything. Yeah. Okay. Does Ryan cook pizza? No, he's like a, a web design guy.
0: Okay. Yeah. Just he's the uh, he's the behind the scenes kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, through the years, how much has your pizza changed? I mean, obviously, we're talking about Blackbird, the first Blackbird, right? Uh, yeah, And then there was a second one
1: and now, and then tell me about like, why not just open a third Blackbird? The dynamic of Blackbird was pretty different. It was like, it, it was a pizzeria, but um, it was probably known more for sandwiches and wings and things like that. The cheese cheesesteaks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I, my heart was always in pizza. Like that was what I wanted to do. I, I really sold sandwiches just because there was a grill in the place that we took over initially. And I was like, all right, well, I can do this. Let's sell sandwiches as well. Um, but I wanted to focus purely on pizza. So I felt like this, if I just called this place Blackbird, you know, three or something, then, um, uh, I think the expectation would be, oh, they have cheesesteaks and wings and this and that. Yeah. And, um, and also it's like, once you get to a certain point, um, you know the pizza that i was making here it's it's pretty different um than at Blackbird. like everything here is uh sourdough crust we use pretty like expensive ingredients um not that i mean everything at Blackbird was good too but it wasn't like the it wasn't of the same level of quality that i'm using here so um i was just kind of going in a different direction this was more of a passion project i guess yeah um yeah
0: that first location we were talking off camera we, that first location got abruptly closed I just I love yeah I love I love for people to hear other people's Scariest moments. Sure. And like just because I want everyone to know how fucking crazy it is to be in this industry and like that we're all going through some crazy stuff. So I don't know if you want to like kind of share what happened. But you said it was like the worst time of your life. So yeah. if you want to relive that right now on camera,
1: <laughs> I, w- I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was probably like the single most stressful event of my life. Yeah. Uh, without a doubt. Um, and it was just, it was, uh, you know, it kind of started the, previous, like we closed in like March and the previous October was when I noticed that the exterior wall of the building was starting to bow out. Like the bricks were,
0: how how long had you been open?
1: Uh, at that, at that point we had been open for about six years. Okay. So it's
0: 2016 now.
1: Yeah. And we had just, um, yeah, it was like six, maybe almost seven. It was just about, or maybe we had just gone into our seventh year actually. Okay. Um, and we had just opened, um, the second location, uh, over, uh, in another neighborhood called Northern liberties. And I just noticed the bricks were like bowing out. So I called the landlord. He got a structural engineer over there the next day. You know, he didn't drag his feet on it. Um, and that guy was said, I think it's going to be fine. You know, uh, we can deal with this on the exterior of the building and, um, you'll be able to stay open. You might have to close for a week when, it, you know, or so but it won't be a big deal. So, said, okay, uh, you know, this is kind of frightening, but sounds like it's going to be fine. And then, um, you know, the uh, license and inspections in Philadelphia, they're no- notoriously slow at doing anything and everything. And they really dragged their feet, you know, in, on issuing a permit to a contractor. So he didn't end up looking at it um, until March. and um, And he basically said, like, you got to close right now, you know? Um, so it was just like, the plug was just pulled, you know, uh, which was crazy. We were very busy. We were flying. The whole reason that we opened a second location was because the first location got too busy. Like I've never wanted to own like an empire of Blackbird Pizzerias or anything. Yeah. It was literally a function of the original location being just like too crazy. Yeah. And we wanted to take some heat off it. Um, So it was a, it it was, it's crazy, man. I mean, and, and, you know, when a business closes like that, you know, you're like, uh, you know, there's tons of bills that have to be paid. Like there's still a, a whole backlog of things that are going on that you have to deal with. Um, and, you know, luckily some of the business did go over to the, the new location that we had just opened. Uh, but I mean, it was, it was pretty crazy, man. I, you know,
0: I mean, what happens in that situation where it's like, all right, like to, you you're forced out. Like what what happens with your lease, with your equipment? Is there insurance money, your employees? Like well, how the fuck did you have to figure uh, all that out?
1: Insurance didn't cover anything.
0: Oh, well, that's nice.
1: Yeah, because Wonderful. Uh, they always find a way to get around. Mm-hmm. Isn't that anyway. great? Yeah, uh, always great, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and uh, the equipment, so they had to build a structural wall right up the center of the kitchen. Uh, on the inside to hold the building up. So all the equipment that was in there was actually like in jail for two years. Holy shit. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, it was crazy. Um, the lease, uh, you know, was, we didn't have to keep paying on the lease. Yeah. Um, you know, my landlord was very reasonable person in general. Uh, and, but I think it would be crazy to make somebody pay a lease in a, in that situation, well, some people
0: might have, some people, may, yeah. Right?
1: As far as employees go, we did, just had to do the best that we could. I mean, we only had one restaurant then that used to be two, so we moved some people over and just tried essentially just tried to work it all out, you know? yeah. But it's impossible to keep everybody on in that situation. I mean,
0: yeah, I can just only imagine know. like the, how devastating just like a revenue stream just abruptly being like,
1: no, uh, later. I mean, yeah, and it's crazy. And being that we had just opened, the you know, so we had just opened the the second location. So I mean, you can imagine like how much it costs to open a yeah, pizzeria, right? Yeah, and so
0: helped supplement the other one.
1: Yeah, so we had used like a lot of our own money to do it, and that kind of like totally sunk us too. So we were just like, I mean, financially, like personally, you know, I mean, it was a blow to me that was like I just couldn't come back from yeah I mean it was brutal
0: so and then what was the ultimate decision to to close down that Blackbird
1: uh that was purely the pandemic it was just like yeah yeah like the lease was up so it was that was a five-year lease and so the lease was up right in the middle of it and at that point we were kind of like just hemorrhaging money I mean it wasn't um it would have been a really bad roll of the dice to sign a lease extension at that point so
0: what were your like an estimated costs for for getting both of those stores up and running?
1: Uh, not too bad. the The original Blackbird we did for only like seventy thousand dollars all in because I love it. there was like um, a bunch of like really beat up equipment that was already there that we bought off the previous tenant for twenty five grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then we just kind of like made it work with with that with that stuff that was there yeah uh, some of it was unusable some of it was usable and uh, we made it happen um, the second one was already a restaurant so we maybe spent hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a, like build out on that to turn it into a pizzeria oh so um, very good actually uh, yeah um,
0: what about this place though you said you, this was a cell phone store
1: what was this yeah was yeah, it uh no it was a
0: uh, yeah like a computer store computer store yeah. so you did a full build out here
1: yeah completely and uh one of my business partners here is the contractor who did the build out um and it took like 3 years and was uh pretty brutal i think it, i think by the end of it all we spent like 350 about yeah and um we were hoping it was going to be far less than that of course obviously um but there was tons of problems with the building that you just don't find out until you, until you rip it all apart. Yeah. You? And
0: you find dead bodies in the wall and stuff.
1: Yeah. Or you find like beams that have been completely compromised. Uh, so you have to like rebuild the, you know, structural well, yeah. elements of the floor uh-huh. and things like that. You have to redo all the electric, you know, you have to, all that kind of stuff. I mean, um, yeah, it's you know, like, it looks great
0: until yeah. you start taking the, until you look under the hood. You know what uh, I'm saying?
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like. Uh, it was my landlord from the original blackbird. Um, he's since sold it, but, um, and he gave me like a great deal on it. So I was like, yeah, I'll take it, Yeah. you know, but he was like, yeah, you just have to take it as is. I was like, great. Yeah. Uh, so I'll never do that again. <laughs> were,
0: you, were you paying rent while this was being built out?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, so he gave us good, uh, a good deal on the rent okay. and that was cool. Um, and it was a long lease. So I'm set up here for a long time, which is great. So there are definitely positive elements to it. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, if we had known going in that we were going to spend that amount of time and money on the build out, I mean, I don't, I, I don't honestly know that I would have done it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like one of those things that if they told you at the beginning, you'd be like, man, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, would, would there ever be any plans to try to reopen a Blackbird?
1: Probably not at this point. No. Um, no, I mean, sales? I just feel like, yeah, I feel like it's runs course, you know, uh, for me you I don't have
0: anything it. to do with like the blackbird frozen pizzas or anything. Dude. I do.
1: Yeah.
0: Holy shit. Are you serious?
1: Yeah. That's the Satan company that we started. So initially we started selling Satan, and then we made frozen pizzas. Um, yeah, I did all that. I'm going to New York tomorrow. To I what? thought it was a coincidence, dude. Oh, it is not now. Oh
0: my God. Yeah. Yeah. So holy shit. How did you get, so tell me about how that happened.
1: Okay. So that, so what happened was, um, we uh, early on at Blackbird, we were using. Uh, I'll just go through the whole from the beginning here. Sure. We were using uh, Upton's Naturals Satan. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know that. Oh, the OGs, dude. Great people. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, Dan. Anyway. Um, and uh, he, they were sh- shipping it to us UPS. And UPS messed up. Uh, and I just didn't get the shipment, you know. And I was like running out of Satan. And at that place, like the cheesesteaks were the whole thing. So without the seitan, I was like, screwed, you know? Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I know how to make seitan. I haven't done it in years, but let's uh, let's see what we can do. I know more about gluten structure now than I did before. Um, And I just kind of like figured out the recipe then on the spot um, and how to make it softer and uh, a little better than what I thought was available at the time. And um, so that was kind of like the birth of it. It, So it started out, once I did that, I started making it for ourselves. I still got sausage and pepperoni from Upton's pretty much for the whole time um, that Blackbird was in business. Um, But, and then I started making seitan at at Blackbird in the back and, um, and delivering to some restaurants around town. Um, And then what we ended up doing ultimately was teaming up with a few uh, friends of mine in New York, who had a juice bar called Terry, that was around for many years, and they had a commissary space. So we went to business with them, and we started the Satan Company um, formally uh, there, and originally just did wholesale, um, and then moved into retail and built it up to what it is now. Which I'm like way less involved now in the day to day. Just I. I pop in here and there. And if there's a food issue, I'm really the food guy. Yeah. So, uh, everybody else does the, the business things, but, um, they just asked me about recipes and stuff. And if we're going to do a new product, they'll get, how did you just,
0: how, I, I love just like how casual it sounds like, yeah, we just start making some whole some <laughs> say, uh, got up together with some friends we do some wholesale now. And then we're, well, you know, like now you're in grocery stores in California, but like, uh, distribution wise and like I, I talked to Bennett too about like do you have to get like certain permits to sell wholesale Satan like is it
1: uh you know I don't you don't deal have to worry about any of that right so um how do you
0: so do you know how you guys distributed it like how did you how did you get okay. it into places
1: well I mean like we're in like UNFI and KE and all the the major like you know national uh natural food distributors yeah um, and so that's a process to get into those things. Like, I mean, you just have to have like a certain amount of insurance and all this and you fill it out. It's like, um, you know, we, we started out early on, we would get it into like some whole foods ar- around here uh-huh. and just deliver it ourselves. But getting into the big distributors was like the major thing. But, uh, so maybe like, I want to say five years ago, we, um, Got. We hired somebody to be the CEO. Uh, this guy Emmanuel, who's awesome, and he he really has done most of uh, growing the business to what it is, in my opinion.
0: What? A, so then you were doing Seitan, but like, how did the frozen pizza come to be?
1: Oh well, we just wanted to make frozen pizzas because I, like I don't know, we felt like all the vegan frozen pizzas out there just weren't very good. Yeah.
0: Um, There's like Amy's and like then everything else is kind of
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I don't really love frozen pizza anyway, obviously. I feel like there's like, like a, a time and maker. place though, you know, it's like when you're like, they're always like nice. really hungover. Yeah. over. You're like, I just <laughs> want to eat some
0: shitty fucking thing. I mean,
1: it's a great thing to have around. Yeah. Right. So, um, and you know, I, I mean, we just thought there should be better option out there. So that was the whole motivation, uh, to do it. Uh, we were already selling the Satan retail and we thought like, oh, well, that'll be a good thing to get into. So we kind of got into it without really even looking into how, uh, how like terrible, like the margins are on frozen pizza or anything. They're that bad. Oh, it's brutal, man. I mean, oh. they're, they're, they're actually like, I think it's like the worst, the worst thing possible. Because I mean, if you think about it, like making, if you make like a 10 inch pizza, you're like, what does a pizza sell for? You know, they they probably sell for like. 15 bucks or something, you know, uh, selling it to, uh, a distributor and then to a grocery store. Like we're selling to the distributor for like four bucks. Yeah. And that's like, so like, how do you even the pizza do that? Only on the cost, like yeah, yeah.
0: And this whole pizza costs $3. You're Ooh, like making right. a book. Yeah. So yeah. like, uh, it's interesting because yes. I've always wondered like, why isn't there better frozen pizza? And that's yeah, probably that's the why. reason.
1: Yeah. That's why it's like really hard. Like, so you have to sell like a whole lot of it so you pretty much just have to like get to a point where you can produce that amount. So it requires a ton of like investment, you know, so that you can operate for a long time without making a profit. So did you
0: have to go, did you guys have to go get equity? For, for, oh yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, so like we have, have major we've done investors. A,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. We've done like a few rounds of not like, um, like, I mean, I, th- I, it hasn't been like, a we haven't done like a real big, like, uh, re- like round of investment yet. Um, but we, you know, we have raised money on multiple occasions, so it's worked out so far. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, what, you just got like a percentage of that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, there's like many owners at this point. It started out just the four of us. Um, and, um, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And so, um, uh, so at this point, I mean, I probably only own like 10% of it if that, Yeah. but, um, But, you know, whatever, man. I mean, it's not – to me, it's not really about that. It's pretty fucking cool. I just – yeah. I mean, we were all just, like, to do it. Frozen pizza. And we're really excited to, like, see it grow. I mean, now we've got – got, like, frozen wings out there. Uh, We're developing a couple other things. So, it's exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean – it's a kind of an oversaturated market now. Like with it totally all, is. yeah. It's like it, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it probably would have been like way cooler like in 2015, but like yeah. I'm sure like the competition is probably pretty fierce because that aisle, oh, yeah. like yeah. the plant based aisle, just keeps growing. Maybe not in the oh, best big way. Time, man.
1: Yeah, there's like uh, there's a million options for everything.
0: Yeah, vegan food's hard to take pictures of because it doesn't. Yeah. Cheese is beautiful when it melts. Oh, you know what I mean. Yeah. And then vegan cheese is. Kind of gross, when a lot of times, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, a lot of times. Um, but when your dough proud like dough profile, is like so pretty, and you you kind of have all the caramelization, and then like you know the way that you've built your pizzas, like I take a lot of pride in the way that the stuff pictures at Hot Tongue. But it's like I was heavily inspired when opening up Hot Tongue to Twentieth Street because oh, well, it awesome. was it was the best looking vegan pies I've, I've actually ever seen. I wanted to try oh, Thanks so much. My, my, we fly into Philly all the time cause my, I have family in New Jersey and you know, we just, we came here on Thursday and it was, it was exactly how I thought it would be. It was great. Awesome. Uh, you can tell that there's like a long, a long history in, in how you've gotten here. You know, you can, yeah, I think you can taste like the hard work, uh, in your, in your pizzas. Thanks man. Um, th- that being said, like, when you went from Blackbird to kind of th- this idea, like you have a pizza master here, did you want to change flours? You wanted to do sourdough, like how, is that something you were kind of already doing or like playing around with at Blackbird?
1: So I've always loved bread baking. Um, so it kind of started with, with a love for that. Um, and that's, it's also kind of how I got to uh, making seitan and developing that whole thing too, It's just because paying attention to gluten structure. Um, so at Blackbird, I mean, I wasn't as uh, as far along in my journey of it all, but I was always, it's really been an evolution the whole, the whole time. Um, I've been changing things pretty much constantly, it feels like, for, you know,
0: 14 years, so. Yeah, well, that's, I guess, how you like stay, getting better. It's interesting, like,
1: do you make your own seitan here? Uh, I don't make it here. We don't use it really you here do. much at all. You do you use beehive pepperoni. I do. Shout yeah. out Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Ben's awesome.
0: And what's the, do you use their crumbled sausage too? I don't. What what
1: was the sausage I had? So that that was just uh, beyond okay. for now. But right. um, I'm I'm it's gonna be making um, just making Italian sausage out of like vegan pork. Essentially, um, I just started using more of like that stuff. Just because at the end of the day, I think I just have to go with whatever makes the better pizza and not not to down talk my product or anything i just think seitan has certain applications that it's great for and i like the you know some of the vegan uh meat alternative products more for for what they're meant to do you know which is which is mimic uh sausage and or pork and beef and stuff like that yeah yeah so like if so i make meatballs here too and i use and i blend together like vegan pork and vegan beef and just pretty much do what you would do with a traditional meatball recipe and do the whole thing yeah, yeah. do you make your own cashew mozzarella or- uh so we don't make that here that's actually a um so i i make something out of two products from a local cheese company okay that's like a kind of like a ricotta like cheese that we dollop on top yeah your lemon ricotta uh yeah right? so we sell it as a side with lemon in it. And then I kind of use it as uh, as one of the two cheeses that we top some of the pieces with, but um, it's from a local company called Bandit. And they, they make like the best cashew cheese I've ever had in my life. They're awesome. Yeah. Why do you think
0: so many vegan cheeses are disgusting?
1: I guess it depends what you're compa- what you're comparing it to. Well, you're
0: obviously com- we're comparing it to mozzarella, which if is you're like, comparing it, it to
1: dairy cheese, yeah, then yeah, it, then it's, it's gonna not, be not good. Pretty awful, and I think that well, I think that's mostly because um, it is uh, you know dairy cheese is protein based in the way that it you know it's the casein. Yeah. So um, vegan cheeses to replicate it, they're all trying to get the texture from starches, and that's a pretty difficult thing to do.
0: I just feel like I've had this conversation many times. I'm sure I just feel like that instead of trying to imitate things. So, and put so much energy and power into that, that maybe just like kind of modifying it and not having like the expectation bias, like creating a thing that doesn't have to be called cheese, right? That has similar, uh, aspects that a cheese would, but like have it sit on its own thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I agree. Uh, would would make a lot more sense in this vegan world.
1: Right. I think that, so for a while, I was just using the cashew mozzarella from Banda. And um, I think that there is, there's just a expectation among consumers that it's going to like stretch. You know? Yeah. And when it does it, we heard it all the time. They were like, what's this creamy stuff on top of the pizza? We yeah. were like, that's the cheese, you know? So... Um, everybody thinks it tastes great, you know? Uh, but I think there is a textural component that is desirable to, you know, to people for it to just have some kind of like stretch to it. Yeah. Um, and that's like what the, what the search is. Yeah. Um, there's some cool stuff in development right now that I can't wait till comes out that should be like vegan casein. So I don't know if you've.
0: Yeah. Well, cultured, whatever. What is it called? New culture. New culture. Yeah, yeah they're at. Uh, they're yeah. in Los, Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. uh, at uh, moza at Nancy Silverton's place. Cool. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> You're skeptic. I'm right? <laughs> very skeptic. Um, Philly's got a pretty sick vegan scene, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's awesome. My wife. Yeah went to veg last time, cool. ben, ben was talking about veg and just like how it was like one of their best vegan meals they both had eaten. Awesome. Um, I went to, years ago, I think it's still open, Charlie was a center, uh-huh. yeah. Um, obviously everything that you've done here in the city, I mean, Philly just seems like it, not only just vegan stuff, the food scene here is like insane. Yeah. And, and pizza, really.
1: I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think Philly's awesome, man. Me I mean, too. Yeah, yeah, Veg is uh, pretty well known. There's a few newer restaurants that are, I, I think, like absolutely excellent. Um, there's a place called Primary, Primary Plant Based. It's called, mm-hmm. and uh, that's like a fantastic sit-down place. That's not super fancy, but not super casual either. But it's excellent. Everything there's great. Um, and then there's a newer place called Petromala. That's actually in the space that Blackbird was in. And that's like the most innovative like vegetable food you're ever gonna have in your life. Okay, interesting. It's insane. Yeah, definitely check it out.
0: It's been cool to see that like on best pizza lists that you're included. Yeah, it's in Philly. It is exciting. I I I have you know I think my food's pretty fucking good, right? But yeah, I've never made a best of list, and I've always chalked it up to be like, ah, it's because I'm fucking. I'm vegan and like blah, blah, maybe sure. my, maybe, maybe my food just sucks. And like, that's the reason, but I think that like, uh, that's pretty fucking sick. Like, you know, uh, being in the fold because it's like, whether there's cheese on pizza or not, like you're still, you're one of the best in your city.
1: Oh, you know, one thing about Philadelphia that I think has always been true is I don't feel like people here care that much about the labels of the thing. I think it's really like, is this delicious or not delicious? And that's what I've seen, you know, I guess that's kind of like a difference between here and New York. That Like in New York, it was very much like, oh, is this this or is it that? Um, and that could just be my experience, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. But in Philadelphia, I think like, you know, we we have people, even though it says vegan on the sign outside real big, we got people that come in all the time and they have no idea that it's vegan. And we some people have been in like, It's like the third time and they're like wait a second this is vegan you know yeah and i really think it's just a matter of like people just want food that looks good and tastes good yeah and uh i think people in philly are pretty accepting of whatever you're doing as long as it's getting the job done you know
0: well it's getting the job done i mean and also do i really do think it helps that like your pizza i don't looking at your pizza you would never know that it's vegan
1: I think appearance in food is a huge thing. Yeah.
0: Because you yeah. eat with your eyes first. So totally. it's like, is, yeah. if they're not, I don't want to say the word fooled, but if they're like, there's no expectation of something sucking. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's totally. a lot of weight behind the word vegan. I mean, for people that don't eat vegan all the time, it can be already off putting.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I have, like, there's part of me that regrets putting it on the side, uh, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, just, because, like, just because of what you just said, you know, I think, like, there's – it's such a loaded term now where people are, you know, uh, people see it and, like, sometimes people are turned off by it. I don't know. You know yeah. I w- I'll have no way of knowing because some of those people will we'll never, never come in. in the door. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, it's because it only takes
0: one bad experience with vegan food to, like, never right. really eat it again because, yeah. you know, I'm sure – that you didn't open up this restaurant for
1: vegans? Uh, yeah, no, I mean like th- this restaurant, right. I mean, nobody, nobody that opens a vegan restaurant, they don't open it, it's not like a dinner club just for vegans. It's right, you know? yeah. Uh, right, so you have to, uh, your objective has to be to make it the most delicious looking food that exists. Y-
0: yeah. So. Is, there, is there a hard, hard uh, like what's one of the harder things of being an all vegan restaurant?
1: I think what, you know, what we're talking about right now is, is one of the hardest things. I mean, because, uh, you know, public expectation is a thing that is hard to overcome, you know? Um, I think another, you know, just in the world of pizza specific to right now, the one thing that's a little difficult is actually that vegan options are so widespread that, uh, you know, if people can get a vegan pizza from essentially any pizzeria at this point, which I'm not complaining, I want there to be vegan options everywhere. Just of course, of course. Uh, but it does mean that, you know, how many people are going to go past their neighborhood pizzeria and try to find parking in Rittenhouse just to get a vegan pizza for me when they can get it from wherever. Yeah. Um, so we're, you know, all vegan places are at a, um, Kind of competitive disadvantage in that way. If it's uh, if it's a product that people can get from multiple, I would 100% agree with that sentiment.
0: I mean, yeah, it's what
1: it is, man. You know.
0: And then obviously, not all vegans just only hang out with vegans. And I know there are some that only hang out with vegans. But uh, (laughs) the the reality is too that like if they're with their other friends, they're like, okay, yeah, we can go there. I there's I can eat blah, blah, blah. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, so that can be tough. The, has there been an inf there's been a huge influx of pizzerias in Los Angeles opening since 2020 has, has there been any kind of boom here in Philly that you've seen in, in pizza or was it kind of already like pretty well established and booming?
1: Uh, I I know the
0: scene out here is pretty solid.
1: Yeah. I was going to say as, As long as I can remember, there's been lots of pizzerias in Philadelphia. I think there's like, you know, I I don't know what the breakdown would be, but it's got to be as far as major cities go. It has to be one of the like most densely pizzeria uh, cities uh, that exist. I think in terms of like, you know, what a a lot of like higher quality shops that have opened, like it's been a recent, like in the last 10 years, it's kind of been a big boom, I think everywhere, you know? It's big slice shop, Renaissance in New York and everything. Um, uh, So there have been more modern shops that have opened in in the last like decade here, but there's always been like a ton of pizza in Philly for sure. I mean, it's just like, I think a part of the city for, you know, it's not as popular as cheesesteaks here, but. Yeah. but it's still like one of the core foods that people get. Yeah. So
0: screamers, one of the, mm-hmm. one of the, they have, it's just a shit ton of followers on Instagram, but yeah. every person that comes into hot tongue and they're from the East coast, they always say, have you ever heard of screamers? Oh, really? And it's like, that's awesome. It's like, yeah, I have, <laughs> I know, I know screamers. I, I got it. I, I, they're huge. Uh, What was your involvement with Screamers?
1: So uh, at the beginning of Screamers, it was a collaboration between uh, Champs Diner and Blackbird. So uh, Ryan and I, it's the other owner of uh, Blackbird. He, uh, we owned, uh, I think it was, we owned 30% of it to start out with, you know. So it was just like a team up kind of situation. They already had the space uh, because they were running like a Champs, like, um, satellite location there yeah. that just like didn't work out or whatever. Um, so it was like, it was pretty easy. It was, um, uh, we were able to just like get it done and up and running in like what seemed to like a month, like it was like crazy. And, um, the place was super small, uh, like 400 square feet, the entire restaurant. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've been there. My right? wife's
0: been there and she's like, I like, it was. I crazy. talked to her. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like you're like, you know, you're making pizza and you're like accidentally bumping up to the mixer that's behind you, that's running, making dough, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind yeah, of yeah, thing, yeah. like it's like super tiny. Um, I thought it was awesome, I loved it. Um, and yeah, we got it up and going. And um, the, uh, the first summer that we were open was great because uh, I had the time then to, to work there pretty much the whole summer.
0: Um, so you just like moved to New York for three months? I just commuted from from here. Holy yeah. shit, what's the commute from Philly to New York?
1: Uh, it's like two hours, it's not okay. too bad. Yeah. Well, four yeah.
0: hours every day is.
1: Well, uh, no. I could say it. My, my business partner lives like okay. a few blocks from there it did at the time. So I would like stay at his place and stuff. So it wasn't too bad. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was good. And I'm used to driving back and forth to New York. It's, it's so did you thing. do a lot of that menu? The original menu, yeah. I did the whole thing, yeah. So the, the original menu and all the original recipes was pretty much all me. But then, um, beyond that, I didn't have a lot of involvement. I mean, I was just like too busy with everything else going on. So, um, and, uh, and Brad who owns champs and all those places, he was, uh, he was a pizza guy in a past life. So he was, he was able to do, uh, you know, take all that over. Did champs close down? I believe so. Yeah. 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 I think that was a, uh, another recent thing. I don't know what the, uh, what the deal is there though.
0: Yeah. You just keep in contact with the, I don't people? really no.
1: I, like we, we ended up pulling out of the business, um, mostly just cause we weren't involved, um, at all, uh, at a certain point and, um, but no bad blood or anything. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, you had your, so, your
0: hands in a lot of things.
1: Yeah. Too much. Right. So like, that's what, for me, Uh, you know, my objective is, is really, I love making pizza and I just want to make pizza, you know, I'm, uh, uh, so being involved in so many things, it really took me out of making pizza. Yeah. So, uh, I kind of just tried to get back to that as much as I could. So, and that's kind of still where I'm at, I guess.
0: Well, I mean, you know, now you have this, it sounds like the, the Blackbird, the wholesale stuff's not like really taking a major like a yes. piece of your time.
1: No, not is, really at all, yeah.
0: You, are you here every day? Oh yeah. Yeah?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, we're open six days a week now, um, and I come in at some capacity uh, every day. Um, the only day that I don't make pizza is Sunday, and that's, I just have my daughters with me on Sunday, so I try to keep that as a family day, you know? Yeah. And, um, but other than that, I really try to be here as much as possible, yeah do you want another one of these? I don't. Uh, no, I mean, I would, you know, I would think about it. I would think about doing something like that down the line. I'm, I always want to stay open to, uh, you know, whatever possibilities may present themselves, but I really like the idea of if I can make it work, you know, financially and everything to just like be a pizza guy forever. You know, Uh, to be honest, uh, I know that most people don't, most people want to like start like an empire or something, but I still get pretty excited. Just like taking the thing out of the oven and like looking at the different characteristics of that individual pie and stuff like that. I don't know, man. It's like, um, I just feel lucky to be able to be doing something I enjoy so much, you know? So I kind of just try to focus on that it's definitely a change going
0: from like multiple units to then just like really being able to concentrate on this one. And Uh, it's very different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, initially with, uh, with Blackbird, I felt like everything was so rushed. Um, You know, just, I was, we were growing, got really busy, really fast. Um, And I felt like it was kind of like off the rails a little bit, which I, I was like, doing what people were recommending that I do. But, uh, but to me, I, I, you know, expansion and things like that. It wasn't really, it wasn't really where my heart was at. It wasn't what I wanted. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of got away from me. You know, I kind of got out of what I wanted to do initially. I mean, I went into cooking because I love to cook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's still where I'm at. I I still love it, you know, so I don't Uh, know. And
0: is pizza better on the East coast? Uh, I, w- I wouldn't know because <laughs> dude, everyone has been so nice about this uh, question, which is so funny.
1: Well, Every, so you okay, got, Yeah. Uh, it, and if you're just talking about just the pizza itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've never been to California, so I can't speak to you can be, We're in a safe space though. Okay. You can be honest with me. Uh, you can say, yeah, fuck yeah, it is. Well, so here's the thing. It's not, I I actually don't, I don't think it's inherently better in any area or location. I think it's it's completely up to who's making it and their skill level and what they're doing. So when people say that pizza is inherently better on the East coast, I think they're just like full of shit. I I just don't, I don't see how it's a possibility. Yeah. You know, um, I think that pizza culture maybe is better in New York than anywhere, but The, as far as the pizzas themselves, I mean, I think it's ridiculous to say that location has anything to do with the quality, uh, of a pizza. Yeah. Uh, to be honest. Yeah. Great answer. Uh, it's all down to the artist, man. It's all down to what, what the person's doing with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And it's really
0: all down to like, whoever's eating it, you know what I mean? Like they're going to fucking build.
1: If well, you, and like what they think is a great pizza, pizza. Yeah. you know, I mean, like nostalgia plays a gigantic role. Yeah. You know, in all of it. So.
0: When I ate at Blackbird, uh, years ago, you were getting a delivery and you were using patent flour. Um, the King Arthur red bag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, Hmm, I thought the pizza was really good. Yeah. And I think I was using, um, uh, what was I using at the time? It doesn't matter. I don't need to say their name anyways cuz they're not giving me money. <laughs> but uh I went I went back to purgatory and I got that that red bag. Cuz oh, it's nice. a lower protein than like what I was using. Uh,
1: yeah, that was like that was like 12.8%, uh-huh. Uh-huh, which I, was
0: much like usually like New York style you're up into like, you know, 14 sometimes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Unless I I like pizza to be more in the in the twelve to thirteen percent range, uh, personally, I and mean, I'm still—that's still what I think. Yeah, yeah, no, like
0: it changed how I made pizza because oh, I, nice. I, I got that flour. I found out that the protein percentage was lower, and then like I started messing around a lot more with my dough, kind of after that trip, and hmm. yeah, I mean like I'm in like I'm in like low elevens now. I use uh, oh yeah. yeah, What kind of do you, what can you say? What kind of flour you use here?
1: Oh yeah, totally. So um, so I use like. Uh, a few different flowers. So right now, and I, uh, now I'm pretty locked in to where I'm at. I've used many different flowers since we've been open here, but right now I'm using, um, the reinforced double zero flour from central milling. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the major flour in the dough. And then I use some of the Sir Galahad flour from King Arthur, mm-hmm. which is a regular workhorse, all yeah. purpose flour. Um, and then, um, I get like a, a locally milled uh, flour that's a uh, Redeemer wheat, and um, that's from uh, this mill called Lost Bread Company, who also makes awesome bread.
0: Um, How much is that locally milled flour? Is it like a fucking? Oh my god! Three times the price of a yeah, regular bag. It's, it's yeah. like 120 a bag. Yeah, for like a 25 pound or 50 pound. For bake? 50 pounds, yeah.
1: yeah, it's funny. On it, but honestly, it's very worth it. I mean, like, that that gives more characteristic. to the, That's probably only about 12% of the final dough, but it, it adds a lot of character to it. Um, so I think it's a very necessary part of it. For a while, I was, like, milling uh, milling my own, like, spelt and stuff in the basement yeah. here and putting that in. Um, but at the end of the day, some of the some of the tougher we'd the countertop mill, I, I think maybe I'm just not a good Miller, but, uh, uh, but I think it, it didn't turn out as well. So, um, so I just leave it to the professionals and get it. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, this, you yeah, know, this local mill really does the best job with flour that I've ever seen. So that's tight. Did
0: they build their own mill?
1: Uh, I don't know actually what their mills. It's a stone mill, yeah. but, um, I don't know what the situation is with it. I do kind of the
0: same thing. I use Car- I use Karen Springs. I use central oh, yeah. milling. And then I use, I use a locally like ground, like hard red wheat flour, cool. wheat berry from California. It's all organic, but like it's for 50 50 pounds it's like 210 <laughs> yeah man
1: it's crazy yeah
0: and, and but yeah. It, it's like when i go to pick up the bag or like the bags in the back you can smell the grain oh like totally. it's like yeah. it's warm it's like and it's 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 milled every week so yeah, it's it, awesome. it does add it's like a 10 to 12 percent and it really it's those small things plus it's for you you know like you're the guy totally. who loves cooking and it's yeah. like this makes me feel good, which if we took it out, who knows if anyone else would know, but like, you know,
1: uh, I think they would know. I, so? yeah, I've, I was like, um, you know, I've had times where I wasn't using whole grain flour in and the, when I would put it back in, maybe it was just circumstantial, but I would, I did notice customers would be like, man, the crust is really great today, you know? And I would be like, Oh, it's not just me. You know what I mean? Like, like it's not just me being a total uh, bread nerd, you know? But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think it's worth it man. I think it's always worth it. I mean, you got to do those things to give it individual character as well. You know I mean? Yeah. I mean, the dough is like an extension of yourself in a way, you know, as a pizza maker. So no, I I totally
0: agree. I think that especially being, Uh, obviously not all vegan, but doing most vegan stuff for me personally is like if you don't use cheese, that fucking bread better be the best thing in the world because that's,
1: I mean, I think with all pizza though, right? I mean like the, I think the, the crust is, is it like, that's like 90% of what makes pizza good. Yeah.
0: But I, that's like where the saying comes from like all pizza, even, even bad pizza is good pizza. And the reason that is, is because yeah, like you can, you can take something like tomatoes and cheese that are inherently delicious. Right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And put it on top of some flatbread and it's going to be it fucking bomb. And it will I be mean bad, like I as long <laughs> as you s- just salted your dough enough, like right. you're good. But even if you didn't and you're, it was on non bread, like sure. it'd still be fucking good. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, non is pretty
1: cool. Yeah, it is pretty good. But sometimes,
0: <laughs> sometimes it's flavorless. I don't know. If you could give your younger self some advice, if you could go back to 2010, right when you're opening up Blackbird, what would you tell yourself?
1: Ooh, that's a pretty hard question, actually. Um, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, that is almost what I was thinking. Uh, don't do a lot of it, I think, is actually what I would tell myself. I think I would say, I would say just to, even though the building ended up falling over, uh, I think I would tell myself just to focus on, the, on that one location. Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, I think there's a lot lost when when you end up spreading yourself too thin. I just found out the hard way.
0: You know. So when you when on that note, when you made the transition, like, did you have a a solid team in place that you felt comfortable with? Like, all right, this this store is fucking dialed in, and now we're opening up number two. I got the good people. I'm gonna be good to go. Uh, Or
1: for the most part, but not not completely. Like it was like. I would have liked it. Really, we like, we got too busy too fast. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't enough time, I think, uh, to develop what you're talking about. Um, I mean, I did have like a general manager in place. I did, I had all the, all the things in place, but it was like, I mean, we really went from, I don't know, we, we just got busy so rapidly. It was like, it felt like it felt like somebody snapped their fingers and we were like crazy busy.
0: Yeah. You know, um, was there, was there something that made that happen? Was there an article? Was it word of mouth? No. Like what the, like how uh, it was it... just word of mouth. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: And you know, we went like two, maybe two, three years. It was like, it was like fine, but like kind of regular. And then just like out of the blue, it was, it was like, I just remember summers are traditionally pretty slow in Philadelphia. And then, one summer it was the opposite it was the busiest season that we'd ever had and from that point on every summer we were just absolutely crushed and it was like it was like tourists and people from out of town and stuff like that were all coming in and we would just get totally crushed so i think it was just word of mouth like everywhere you know we're just traveled around um not just like within philadelphia the the immediate suburbs but you know um it was pretty crazy i thought yeah i thought it was awesome but at the same time it it does like bring a lot of, uh, a lot of stress, more money, more problems. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, I mean, it was just, you know, so in, and that was kind of the situation where, um, you know, people that I talked to, uh, you know, like professionals, uh, they were, they were like, well, it's time to expand, you know? And I think that's what I would tell my younger self. I would say, don't listen to those people, Yeah. you know, just get more, you know, double down on what you got, because like, I know I would have been happier in that situation for sure. And I would have been able to like, keep that what I wanted it to be. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like those some of those elements get compromised if you, if you expand too rapidly or, or just expand for the wrong reasons. You know, I was expanding because I thought I had to, you know, I thought it was the right thing to do uh, not because I wanted to. And I, I think that was the issue. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like opening screamers was awesome. It was a lot of fun, but I knew I wasn't going to work there long term. You know what I yeah, mean? It was like
0: almost kind of like a consulting deal.
1: Literally. It yeah. was, it was, a, it was a consulting deal that just had different parameters. You know. Um, you know, get, getting things going with the Satan company. was great. Uh, but again, that was in New York. Like it was like, I was going to be, it was a similar thing where, uh, I would come up with the things, but it was uh, out of my hands in terms of the operations of it. Um, I just, I'm happiest when I'm hands-on running a pizzeria for sure. Yeah, so.
0: Is, uh, because I wanted to ask this when you just brought it up again, are the margins on wholesale seitan pretty good?
1: On wholesale, yeah.
0: Um, Commercial, okay.
1: Yeah, retail's like, you know, I mean, it's retail's always tough because just the packaging costs yeah. a lot. Um, and that's like, uh, the, it's just one of those things where the busier you get, the, the better it all becomes because you can order more packaging yeah, yeah, yeah. at more costs. Um, but wholesale on say is, is always pretty good. I mean, um, and it kind of allows us to stay a little like lower in cost to everyone than most other Seitan that's out there. Yeah. Cause we make it the long way. We like wash out, Uh, flour,
0: you make your own vital wheat gluten,
1: uh, kind of, yeah. But, um, but like when when you're using just the powdered vital wheat gluten, I I just think it operates differently than, than making a dough out of like high protein flour and then washing out all the starch. Yeah. Um, which I, you know, is like, it's a long process. So,
0: but do you have a machine that does that?
1: Yeah. So we like, we just modified giant like Hobart mixers to, uh, and we do like the, the wash um, kind of in those. So uh, crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and, uh, so that, cause that was the, the washing is the hardest thing from a labor standpoint. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's great. I mean, like, um, you know, flour's not crazy expensive. So, uh, so it works out. Yeah. And then do you have
0: jumping around? Do you have a, like a general manager here?
1: Uh, no, I Yeah, because you're here every, every day. Yeah. It's really just me and like, and like five other people, uh, at this place. So,
0: well, in this point in your career, how do you define
1: success? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it's, I think success is what you want. It, It depends what your goals are. You know? Um, I don't think it's attached to anything monetary necessarily. Uh, I mean, I am not rich at all, and I feel successful in that. I do something that I love every day. You know. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's what it is. I think it's what you make of it. Yeah. Um, and it has to be a personalized thing. You can't go by you know the um, the general thought of what a successful person is. I think it's nonsense, man. I, you know. No. Yeah. I don't think not- it really has any real bearing on enjoyment of life at all. So
0: well said. All right. I'm going to ask you the most important question of the interview now. Okay. What is the greatest band of all time or recording artist?
1: Uh, uh The Alice Cooper band.
0: Oh shit. Okay.
1: Before it was a solo act.
0: Okay. The whole band.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was uh in terms of influence to other types of music yeah I think they're largely overlooked because the singer like co-opted it and took the name for himself and et cetera et cetera yeah but before that um they were an incredible band yeah just like pumping out albums every six months and touring the whole time too it was wild but they're also like i think there's more influence to them that they uh kind of put into many genres of music, like indie punk metal. Like, I think they influenced quite a bit that they don't necessarily get recognition for because, of, you know, because he kind of turned the name Alice Cooper into a bit of a circus. Yeah. Afterwards. But, um,
0: that's, that's the Alice Cooper right now.
1: That's what most people. Yeah. Think. Yeah. But, um, the early albums are absolutely incredible and they were a band. The name of the band was Alice Cooper. And, uh, he was not Alice Cooper. He was a guy named Vince. You know what I mean? So it's not even his real name. No, it was a stage persona. Yeah. And then he kind of like, he like took it and put out another album without the band at a later point. But the early band, they, were, right. they were actually the ones that created like, um, uh, like before then, it, there was no like theatrics to live music. Like they did it. Like they were there the ones There was like that no Kiss,
0: it. no Molly Crew.
1: Yeah, there was no, like, uh, you know, there was no, like, big production.
0: What are we uh, talking about? Like, like they got, like, pyrotechnics and shit?
1: Yeah, like, any of that. Like, yeah. like, people, I swear, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure that before before Alice Cooper, it was, like, bands just played music on stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, I think without Alice Cooper, bands would still just be playing music on stage. Like, they were the first ones to do, like, huge things. Like, yeah. they were, like... Um, and they were large, hugely popular because of it. Yeah. Um, you know, they had like the Guinness book of world records for like most people showing up, uh, at that time, like in 73 and stuff like that. I got, I got
0: some homework to do.
1: Yeah. You just look into it. It's wild. I mean, like, uh, like they had like four albums that in my opinion are like four of the greatest albums ever released. And, um, they released them across like two years. They were touring the entire time. It's like, it's crazy, man. I mean, it's crazy to even think about. Yeah. But yeah. So that's my, that's what I'm going with. I
0: love it. I love it. We have, wow. we have not gotten the same answer yet. So. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good. Um Where should people go to get in touch with you if they want to bug you? Oh, or just, just, or like, just look at your food, your beautiful food. Yeah. Just on Instagram, pizza. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hit up the gram Twenty street pizza. Yeah. Twenty street pizza. Yeah. It's probably the best. And then bonus question, uh, who did the mural outside?
1: Oh, this guy, Adam Crawford. And uh, he's awesome. I mean, he's an incredible artist. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and he's a a good friend of uh, my friend, Joe, who did the build out um, on the restaurant. And um, I think he did a great job, man. I love it. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, it's real good, real good.
0: Well, Mark, thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you. I had a blast, appreciate you giving us your time.
1: Yeah, thanks so much.
0: Thank you, dude. Thank you